Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. I'm going to go super fast in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Familiar passage of Scripture, but I think the Lord wants to minister to us. And again, uh, as you hear this, I don't only want you to hear this as it relates to City Church. Yes, I want you to hear it as it relates to City Church 2.0 and what God is going to do for us next. And, and this is what I know. This is what I know. This is what I know. Those, those conversations, how God is going to move on people's heart will continue to happen. It will continue to happen in the name of Jesus. This is the first of many that will happen for our church. First of many. First of many. Amen? So Genesis chapter 11 and verse 1. Here we go. Uh, familiar passage of scripture for those of you who went to Sunday school as a kid. How many of you learned about the Tower of Babel? Come on, somebody. Uh, three of you. Come on. <laughs> All righty. Uh, uh, so some of you are here for the first time. Now, notice what it says in verse number one. It says, now the whole earth, the whole earth had one language and one speech. Somebody say better together. The whole earth, they were saying the same thing. One language and one speech. Let me tell you how this is going to happen. It's going to happen first and foremost when we speak the same things. The scripture says in Proverbs chapter 18 that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. One of the, the tests of a healthy heart is the words that come out of your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You know how you locate somebody who is in faith and somebody who's not in faith? Just listen to them talk long enough. Because whatever you're full of will eventually come out of you. Now notice it's not just everybody saying the same things. Horizontally, what we have to say is what God says. There's a, Jesus, that's right. There's a place in Hebrews where the writer of Hebrews says that we should hold fast to our profession or our confession. That word in the Greek is homologeo. That word homo meaning same, logeo meaning word or speech. What the writer of Hebrews says or was saying was that as Christ followers in every area of our lives, we need to same speak God. I was in the army uh, for four years. And one of the first things we learned to do was how to march, walk, and run in cadence. We echoed what we heard our drill sergeant say. And when it comes to the life of faith, when it comes to walking by faith, what the scripture teaches is that the words that come out of our mouth need to echo what we hear God say. Because God doesn't watch over our crying, our tears, our moaning, our groaning, our complaining, our angst, our anxiety, our frustration. None of that moves him, though. He watches over his word to perform it. So the thing that will cause God's dream and God's plan for your life and our church to manifest is that your words and my words must align with what God is saying. Notice that even Jesus lived the same way. He says, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. And most of us have these grandiose plans that we run out there and do asking God to bless it. And we never stop long enough to say, God, what's your plan? 
When you begin to same speak God, what you do is you posture yourself in such a way that you don't move, you don't say nothing until you hear from heaven. And when you hear from heaven and declare what God says, God watches over his word out of your mouth to bring it to pass. That's why when God says, I'm going to do more with less, he moves on the heart of somebody to stroke us a $50,000 check without me having to manipulate nobody and break nobody's arm. During a season of fasting and prayer, God's dealing with someone because I same speak him. God, I thank you that in this season, you're going to do more with less. I don't know how it's going to come, where it's going to come from, who you're going to lose. Let me tell you the problem, who you're going to use. Most of us manipulate people. Oh, yeah, I think that's somebody who can help us out. Yet God uses people that you would least expect. He would least expect. Sometimes it's the people that we dismiss in our lives. They are the people who have the wherewithal to change our lives. That's why I live by that principle. Be careful how you treat people on your way up because they're the same people you might meet on your way down. Somebody say shucky ducky quack quack. (laughs) Same language. As a church, God is inviting us to speak the language of faith. Regardless of what the realtors say, Regardless of what the circumstances are, God has a space carved out just for us. And it will be strategically located. It will be affordably priced. It will be highly visible and it will be easily accessible. That's what we're declaring. Now notice, in Genesis chapter 1, they all spoke the same language. But notice what it says next. They were all of one speech. I said, Lord, why, why is there a distinction now between everybody speaking the same language and everybody having one speech? He said, yes, son. So I said, okay, break it down for me, Lord. And so as I began to do a word study, what I found was that the word language means language, right? Everybody speaks the same language. Everybody speaks English or everybody speaks French. But the second word, one speech, means that they were all of one cause or one conviction. How many realize you can have somebody around you who can speak the same language, but don't have the same agenda as you do? Just because you can communicate with somebody and you can say things that they understand does not necessarily mean that they are on board with what you have in your heart. And the thing that set these people apart, the thing that set them apart was not only that they could communicate the same language, but they were of one cause and one conviction. Notice what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. It says, now I plead with you. These are the words of Paul to the church of Corinth. He said, man, I beg you, I beseech you, I implore you, I exhort you by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you all do what? Speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together. Notice what it says, in the same mind and in the same judgment. You know why? Because we're better together. He says, don't only speak the same thing, but be joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. That God, in this season, you will do more with less. Can I just encourage you? 
Make sure the people you got around you, make sure the people you got around you are not just saying the same thing, but they believe the same thing, that they have the same conviction as you do. Several years ago, I was a worship pastor at a church, and we made some significant changes to how we did worship. And uh, a lot of people were affected by those changes, and I was the guy who had to deliver the news. Sometimes it's tough being the messenger. And sometimes the message is not a message you necessarily agree with. But you do it with honor and integrity. So in the process, a whole lot of people got mad at Passover. And, and, and this, is, this is what I learned from that. You know what? This is what the Lord showed me from that. He said, Ray, change is the litmus test for commitment. He says, wait, there are a whole lot of people who will say this and say that, who will claim to do this or do that. But the minute you introduce change, the minute circumstances change, the minute things change, it will reveal, number one, their level of commitment and what they're committed to. And it will blow your mind how many people can be around you and not be committed to you. I ain't making this up. Anybody ever read a story about Ruth and Orpah? Ruth's husband dies, Orpah's husband dies, and they were married to two uh, sons, uh, uh, two brothers. They were the sons of Naomi. Naomi's husband died first. There was just death running through that family. So the father-in-law dies, and then the two husbands die. And then Naomi says, it's too painful for me to stay here. I'm going back to my people. And guess what Oprah did? Deuces. Ain't no reason for me to stay around here no more. You ain't got nothing to give me. In fact, when, it, when you read the, the narrative, she says, even if we stayed around here and you had more sons, that wouldn't benefit us. Notice Oprah's response was, you ain't got nothing to give me. Why should I continue to stay around here? And contrast that with Ruth's response in the midst of change, because change is the litmus test for commitment. These people who eventually built the Tower of Babel didn't only have the same language, they had a common cause. And notice Ruth's response. This is what Ruth said. She said, Mama Naomi, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. Your God will be my God, and your people will be my people. Because change is the litmus test for commitment. Introduce change and it will reveal the Orpas and the Ruths. Are the people in your life just saying the right things? Or do they have the same conviction? And are they fighting for a common cause? It's important because we're better together. And as God moves us from the Angelica to where we're going next, it will require not just everybody in the room saying the same thing. We must have the same conviction about what we believe God is calling us to do next. Number three, I love what happened as a result of them having the same language and the same cause. Notice in verse two, it says, as the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylon and settled there. Notice what happens when everybody is saying the same thing, believing the same thing. It causes action. 
Everybody begins to move in the same direction. Everybody begins to pull together. Notice because they had one cause and one conviction, they all began to move in the same direction and they migrated to the east. The second part of verse two says, and they began to say to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. Out of the same direction, out of the same language, out of the same cause came unified vision. When you were the right people, who have the similar cause, you are going to begin to dream the same things. Jim Collins wrote a great book several years ago called Good to Great. And in Good to Great, this is what he said. He said, most of us think that where the bus is going is the most important thing. He said, no, that's not the most important thing. He said, the most important thing is who you're on the bus with. I don't even realize you can be on the right bus going in the right direction with the wrong people. And by the time you get off the bus, you all messed up. You at the right destination, but your vision has been contaminated. Notice what they said. They didn't only go in the same direction, but they had a common vision. He said, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. You say, Pastor Ray, why, that, why is that important? Because the next part of that verse says, in this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Notice that where there is unified vision, God will also give you innovation. God will give you innovation. You will begin to see complex, I mean, divine solutions to complex problems where there is unity. That the things that seem too difficult for the things where you didn't have understanding. Well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Not only did they have have the same vision, but God began to give them or they began to have innovative solutions. They were used to doing it one way, but now they saw a different and a better way to do what needed to be done. When you get with the right people, when you get with the right people, God will begin to give you collectively innovative solutions, divine solutions to the complex problems that you might be facing. How many of you realize right now not being able to find a building and people not being wanting to give you a building because you're a church is a complex problem? But how many of you realize that we serve a God who can give us innovative solutions to the most difficult challenges because we're better together? Uh, this is where I close. And this is, what, this is what they said. This is the vision they had. <laughs> then they said, come, let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches to the sky. Notice what came out of that unified vision. They began to dream things that had never been dreamt of before. They weren't just going to build a tower, but they were willing and ready and prepared to build a tower that was going to reach to the sky. Somebody say impossible is nothing. Notice that where there is unified vision, potential becomes limitless. We're going to build a building, and it's going to reach the sky. Because they spoke the same language, they had a common cause, they had unified vision. Finally, number five, unified vision will make the seemingly impossible attainable. Unified vision will make the seemingly impossible attainable. 
Notice verse 5. Notice verse 5. Now, up until this time, up until this time, there's no mention made of God in any of this. It just talks about, it talks about these people having the same language, being of one speech. They started to move in the right direction, and then they started to build dream, big dreams. There's nowhere where it says that God put this dream in their heart. Yet when God noticed what they were doing, even independent of him, I want you to hear this now. I want you to hear this because a lot of times we think that if it's going to happen, it's all God. Notice what these guys were doing without introducing or acknowledging God in their efforts. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Hmm? The reason this is critical is because these principles are universal. They will work if you work them in your own life personally. That's why a lot of times we get frustrated and say, that man don't even serve God. How come he got all of this? How do I, that, and we get mad. Look at Lord, I'm serving you all this. Blah, blah, blah. No, they're working the principle. The principle is universal whether you serve God or not. If you work the principle, which is universal and eternal and immutable, you will get divine results. You're, you're, you're not sure about that, are you? No, no, yeah. There are people, in fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, the children of darkness are wiser than the children of light. Jesus was saying, there's a whole lot of folk who don't even acknowledge me who are enjoying the benefits of the kingdom, and my own children aren't because these people are working the principle. You got guys like Tony Robbins getting up and talking about self-fulfilling prophecy and talking to yourself. Man, that's... And people paying thousands of dollars to go to the seven. Man, that's been in this Bible for centuries. It's like, oh, this groundbreaking revelation. Self-fulfilling prophecy. What you say to yourself, it's been in this book. And he's making thousands of dollars off of it. Because the principle works whether you're a Christ follower or not. And these guys are building a, listen now, it doesn't say that they just talked about it. They started building a tower that was about to reach heaven. Isn't that what the scripture say? And there's no mention made of God. They don't say, God, help us to do this. They said, this is what we're going to do. And notice what happens when God takes notice of what they were doing. Verse 5, it says, but the Lord came down to look at the city. Notice, it wasn't just a tower. They had built a city. And the tower the people were building. This is God talking. He says, look, the people are united. Somebody said better together. And they all speak the same language. After this, ain't nothing they set out to do that will be impossible for them. Somebody say impossible is nothing. This is God himself looking at their unity. Looking at the fact that they have a common cause. Looking at the fact that they're moving in the same direction. Looking at the fact that they're working toward a common goal. And God says, after this, ain't nothing going to be impossible to them. Because they speak the same language and they're fighting for a common cause. So what was God's solution? And this is where I close. God's solution in verse 7 Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. And notice what happened. 
So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they what? Ceased building the city. Notice why the work ceased. Notice why their progress ceased. Because they spoke a different language. When they spoke a common language, there was nothing that was impossible to them. But when they stopped saying the same things, when they could no longer communicate with each other, isn't that usually what happens when a husband and wife stop saying the same things? When a parent and child stop saying the same things? That's where we get the whole word die vision. Die meaning two visions. And wherever there are two visions, wherever there are two visions, the building stops. So maybe, maybe this morning, maybe this morning, what the Lord is reminding us of is that impossible is nothing. That the Lord's already prepared a space just for us. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. My prayer, and I ask you to join me and Pastor Wendy in praying this prayer. God, will you do it? So that by our eighth anniversary in March of next year, we can transition to a facility of our own. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that we will have every resource that we need for every step of the journey. That, Father, this gift that we're going to match, and I say it, listen to me now, listen to me, we're going to match this gift between now and the end of the year. $22,000 will come in, we'll have a matching gift, and we'll finish the year with $100,000 in our building fund. God will do it supernaturally. You know why? Because we are better together. And God will do a supernatural work, moving us from where we are into our next facility. And all of us will see it, and all of us will give glory to God for this notable miracle that he will do. What does it require of us? What is our part? Speak the same language. In fact, over the next few days, we'll send you an email so that you know specifically how to pray specifically how to pray. And as a church, collectively, let's continue to pray. It's no accident that this happened for us during our nine days of prayer and fasting. One of the things I said to you is that over these next nine days, it will be nine days of fruitfulness. And God has already shown up for us. And God will do it. But he'll do it through us. He will do it through us. You know why? Because we're better together when we build together. Last thing I'm going to say, St. Francis of Assisi said it this way. Check this out, City Church. He says, start by doing what is necessary. That's why most of us don't even get started because we want to do the impossible, but the impossible seems too overwhelming. St. Francis of Assisi said, start with what is necessary. What's necessary right now in your life for the impossible to happen? Notice the progression. Start with what is necessary, then do what's possible. And suddenly, suddenly, suddenly you'll be doing the impossible. Most, most of us want for God to do the impossible in our lives. We're not even willing to do what's necessary. Had a friend, had a friend who was a radio guy, who was a radio guy. Big radio guy, lost his job, couldn't get back into radio. Been out of work for months. He came to me and said, Pastor Ray, what should I do? I said, go get a job. A job, any job. How many of you realize that uh, uh, some income is better than no income? And God said he will bless the work of our hands. He will multiply. And so if you put your hand to, 
He will bless what we put our hands to. If you put your hand to nothing, he ain't got nothing to bless. So I said, go get a job. No, I want to pray more. No, if you pray more, God will tell you, go get a job. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Thank you. First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, if a man does not work, he should not eat. It's in the Bible. So you can pray all day long and God will say, go find a job. That's doing what's necessary. That's doing what's necessary. And he went on to say in 1 Timothy, if a man can't provide for his own family, he is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. Say, so if you can't take care of your family, so do what's necessary. Do what's necessary. So this guy, he went and got a job working nights. And he had on that red Target t-shirt and khakis. Isn't that humbling? Come on, I'm talking to the men now. Because our identity is wrapped up in what we can earn. And that's why most of us stay on the sidelines looking for the perfect job and your bill's going unpaid. Bill's going unpaid. And so he went and put on his red polo and khakis. He did what was necessary. And he did what was necessary so well that he was quickly promoted to a manager position of a super target. Why? Because he did what was necessary. And shortly thereafter, the Lord began to open door after door for him. And in a matter of very short time, he became a regional director. And all of a sudden, wearing that red polo and khakis wasn't so bad after all. If I had told him, believe God for a regional director job with Target, it would have been impossible. He didn't have the resume for it. He didn't come from that industry. But because he did what was necessary and did it well, I'm talking to somebody in this room now. If we can do what is necessary and do it well, God will move us over into what is possible. It will now become, it will come within our reach if we simply do what's necessary. And all of a sudden, the impossible happens. And all the Lord is saying to us, City Church, will you do what's necessary to position yourself for what I will do next? Because we are, in fact, better together. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at citychurchtv.com. If you were encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text citychurchtv and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.